Amen. Thanks, Adair. So today is our final talk in the series that we've been doing on slow and strong. And today, as it's already been said, is called wait. So I'm just going to go and sit down. Just kidding, that got a great laugh. Right, it's going well. <laughs> so, um, if you have restless kids or restless adults, um, outside, uh, just in this foyer area, there's some plant pots and some soil, uh, some little seeds you can sow and to plant some like herbs or flowers, whichever you feel fit. Hopefully, it will become clear why I've put that as an activity that you can do alongside this talk today. Um, But do feel free to move around and go and do that as as it would be helpful. So today, we're looking at Acts 1, uh, 1 to 9. And it's about the time when Jesus was taken up into heaven. It says, in my former book, Theolophilus, I wrote all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem But wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Around six years ago, me and a friend called Soph, uh, we were living in Nottingham. And we had planned to go out and do mission in our local neighborhood. Um, What we wanted to do was step out and just go up to people, offer them prayer, maybe speak to them about Jesus. Um, And I was so desperate for this to work. I wasn't very bold normally at stepping out. So there was quite a lot hanging in the balance for me. I wanted to see that this was successful. And actually, we seem to have the adverse effect. We seem to repel people rather than draw them to us. In fact, everyone we met seemed to reject us, really. And it felt like a pretty discouraging time. I was also quite annoyed. I decided the best thing to do was to talk to God about it because I had stepped out, and why hadn't he responded in their hearts? And um, as I was praying, I felt like God spoke to me really clearly. And he said to me, he kind of pointed out that my agenda had been really off point. It wasn't that I was going out in his love. I was going out with an agenda to be successful in mission. And so I spent some time with God and I asked him to change my heart, for him to give me love for people that I met. And um, 
I chatted to Soph about it, and we decided we'd go out again, that we'd pray and we'd ask God to fill our hearts for love for people. And it wasn't about success. It was just about loving everybody that we met. And as we went out, I just lost count of the amount of people that we had conversations with about Jesus, and we got to pray for people, and we got to see his Holy Spirit move in their lives. Today, we're thinking about the power of waiting on Holy Spirit. I think sometimes it can be too easy to just be in a rush to go about our lives and to not invite him into them. And sometimes waiting on God can feel tough, can't it? We don't necessarily know what that should feel like, and we could sit there thinking, are you going to say anything, God? Are you here? We're unsure. But in order to move slow and strong, we need to engage with just waiting on him. As a church, are we seeing the fruit that we want to see? By this, I mean, are we seeing people come to faith, come and meet God's love through us? I imagine that on some level we do, but there is always more. And I'm sure that each one of us would really hope for more. Now, at this point, I was going to show you a picture, but our projector has not been nice to us today. (laughs) But I was now going to show you a picture of our vegetable garden. So you can close your eyes if you want, but I'm just going to paint a picture of how our vegetable garden looks. Imagine weeds up to the height of your head. Imagine nettles and thorns that sting you and scrape against your legs as you walk through it. Imagine flower beds or vegetable beds that are now so overgrown you can't even find them. Imagine all the paths are also covered up in weeds. Imagine nothing good in it but just a whole space of weeds. That is the embarrassing state of our vegetable garden. Now, it didn't used to look like that. Uh, The previous vicar here, Peter and Anne, had a love of it, and they would go out there every week and pour time and pour love and made it into a beautiful vegetable garden. We came, it needed a bit of work, and so David's mom kindly, uh, for his birthday present, bought him these beautiful raised beds. And so we had four lovely raised beds put in. And we thought, this we can keep on top of. We did that for a year. And then over the last two years, um, we've just neglected it. We've not even been in it. We've just let it grow, and there's nothing good in it. There's a greenhouse. We have tools. We have beds. We know what to do. We have everything we need to make these into a successful vegetable garden. But actually... Two years of neglect has taken its toll. We've just been too busy, really. Our vegetable garden bears absolutely no fruit for us at all because we give it absolutely nothing. None of our time, none of our energy, none of our days off. Now, this can be a bit like God with mission when there's no prayer, no waiting on God and being filled with his spirit. You see, when no time is given to God in mission. It's incredibly unfruitful. When it's about us and it's not about him, 
it's not fruitful. In fact, John 15 tells us that apart from him, we bear no fruit. What was the one thing that Jesus asked his disciples to do before he went up into heaven? He asked them to wait for Holy Spirit. He'd already given them the great commission and what they were going to do once he was gone. But the last thing he said to them was wait until the Holy Spirit comes. It says in verse 4, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. If this was Jesus' parting words, this shows you how important this bit is. In the waiting was when power was received for mission. I wonder how much of our day is given to waiting, or do we just go? Are we out of bed? Are we on it? Does that what our day can look like? But you see, God wants to go with you. It says in Psalm 127, it tells us that unless the Lord builds a house, his laborers labor in vain. In other words, we can so easily work without him and not for him. So what would your day look like if you invited God to fill you with his spirit every day? The disciples, you see, didn't go out and do anything until they had Holy Spirit. Imagine what it would be like to feel God's presence on you 24-7 as you live your life. Imagine feeling his presence as you talk to people about Jesus. Imagine feeling his presence as you try to parent your children or as you try to resolve conflict in your marriage. Sometimes the waiting on God can feel tough and it can feel sparse. We're not really sure what we should be feeling or what should be happening. But God may not come to you on tongues of fire. It may be in a still small voice. He may come to you with overwhelming peace or assurance or reassurance. He may come to you and it may produce tears or it may produce laughter. It doesn't really matter how he comes. It doesn't matter. What matters is just that we position ourselves, that we are ready, that we are waiting for his spirit. And he comes to us by invitation, not neglect. You see, I can't expect to have a fruitful vegetable garden without giving it anything. In the same way, I can't expect to have a fruitful life in mission without giving Holy Spirit space to move in me. Our discipleship year form, um, they went away recently on a mission trip. And for a week of mission, I think they spent, was it the first three days? First three days just waiting in the presence of God, not stepping out in mission, just being with him out of a whole week of mission. You see, because the worship and the prayer ignited the fire for mission, ignited love for people. I've recently, over the last few weeks, introduced this little thing into the rhythms of my life with God. Um, what I do is when I wake up, I spend a couple of minutes just in silence. Just hold my hands out, invite Holy Spirit, and before any of the day, I just wait. And then I have some time reading the Bible and reflecting and thinking, and then I'll just have another couple of minutes in silence. And then I'll do it again, maybe before picking the kids up from school. And for me, it's just about the continually, like, turning my heart back to God. Whose am I? Who am I working for? Who am I journeying this with? 
And I must admit, it sounds so simple. It's, been, it's brought so much clarity to everything I'm doing. Even my work has become so much easier because I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're supposed to be what we're doing is waiting on Holy Spirit before we work. So I recommend, if you don't even know where to start with the talk today, just find a couple of minutes a day where you can just be silent with God. Not even to pray about anything, not to intercede, just being, just inviting his presence. Maybe the garden of your heart looks a bit like our vegetable garden. It has loads of potential, but there's no investment, no waiting. Maybe your relationship with God looks like a lot of weeds in places. Or maybe you've never welcomed Jesus into your heart. And it's even difficult to see what potential lies there. I feel God is inviting us today to take a step towards him. To invite him into the mess. To make something beautiful out of our lives. And the beautifulness isn't even necessarily the fruit. That is great. But that's just the outworking of inviting his Holy Spirit into everything that we do. If you're a new Christian or an old Christian, I just want you to think about where you could make space in your day-to-day life. If, you're, if you've never given your life to God before, and maybe your heart feels like a, a load of weeds and you'd love to invite Holy Spirit into that, we'd love to pray for you for that as well. So I'm just going to give us a moment of waiting to allow Holy Spirit to talk to you however he wants and then we'll respond. If you would like to respond to this word today and choose to just put a bit of time in each day in waiting on God, I'd just like you to stand now just as a a commitment to say, I'm going to try this. And I'd love to pray over you. So please do stand if you want to give some time to waiting on God this week. God, just as the people here have stood this morning to make a choice to put some time into our lives for waiting, I pray that you will give them clarity in that time that that will become a really powerful time in their lives this week. Pray that your Holy Spirit will just be so ready and eager to speak into their hearts, to speak into their lives. God, help us not to neglect the discipline of waiting. I just want to ask that Um, if there's anyone here this morning who would like to invite God into their heart, who maybe has never done that before or has in the past but would like to recommit, I'd I'd love you to to come to the front now and we'd love to pray for you. Uh, And we'll continue with our service. But please, 
if you feel like Holy Spirit is making your heart beat fast and that is something that he's calling you to do this morning, please don't leave without some of us praying for you today. We'd love to pray that with you.